All right, folks, welcome. We're going to get started right now. My name is Kenji Friedman. I wanted to welcome you all to the class. Today we'll be doing a ride. It's going to last around 50 minutes. Today we're going to be covering something called muscular endurance. And I just wanted everybody to just be comfortable, relax your shoulders. Let's start getting some nice breathing patterns going. So take nice, deep, relaxing breaths and big exhalations. I hear some conversations going on in the class right now. If you don't mind, please allow the person next to you the same respect that you probably would like for yourself. And just keep your conversations to a minimum if you want. You're more than welcome to go outside and finish the conversations and come back later on. But let's all establish that we'd like to have that level of respect in this class for one another, the same perhaps that we'd like given to ourselves. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm very excited to be with you today, and who I am is John McGowan, and I'm the host of the show, and you can always reach me at john at indoorcycleinstructor.com. Now, if you've been following our free podcast, of which this is one, you know that they come based on the ongoing sponsorship from Cycling Fusion. Couldn't do it without them. As ICI Pro grows and gets larger, my responsibilities and time get squeezed uh, to the point where I, sometimes I wonder how I'm going to get it all done. And yet my commitment to you and Cycling Fusion keeps me going on these. So now I talked earlier when I was interviewing Tom Scotto about he had a couple of what I would call star inst- uh, master instructors in his stable over at Stage 5 Cycling. And... When Amy and I were in Colorado here a couple months ago, we met a gentleman named Kenji Friedman. And what impressed us the most about him, though, was the way he initiated his leadership role in his class when he was teaching. So I've got Kenji with me, and I want to welcome him to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Well, thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I should start. I posted a little bit about you on the blog and included a video when you were in an infomercial as a personal <laughs> chef. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I wear many hats. Well, you certainly do. You are a USA cycling coach. That's correct. With, cycle, with stage five cycling. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that you're also a personal trainer. That is correct. You and I talked about how you're actually traveling with some of your clients and you were down in Puerto Rico with your daughter. What a cool thing that must have been. Yeah, the clients flew my daughter and I down to Puerto Rico to train them for a week, so it wasn't such a bad deal. Uh, no, uh, no, I appreciate that. And I know uh, my wife Amy and I travel quite a bit with Fit Pro Travel, where Amy teaches, or sometimes I teach, and being able to get away for a week is a co- very cool thing. It is. It's hard to come back. Oh, my gosh. Especially, well, you're up in Boston. I'm in Minneapolis. The weather isn't too terribly different, is it? John, I was I was teaching boot camps uh, in 87-degree weather. Then I came back home to teach uh, some, uh, train a bunch of people on cross-country skis in northern Maine. There was an 81-degree difference between the two days. 
it was crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, okay. So for those that can't get away, we're going to have to quit there. We're going to depress people before we get to the content of what we're talking about. The thing that impressed me and I, and I know you, we've talked a little bit, we talked a little bit at the cycling fusion summit, but during the training, everyone was taking a, like a 10 minute section of the class to deliver some of the content that they were conveying to you just to right. see that you were doing it. And you jumped up and instantly established yourself as the leader of that room. And it was incredibly impressive. Not uh, in, in that, well, <laughs> I'm one of those people that gets quite annoyed by people that are talking, interrupting, doing that in a class. And you very quickly established that as one of your objectives as well. Can you, and I'm putting you on the spot, could you <laughs> do that for me right now? Well, yeah, sure. I, I suppose that, you know, it's funny when you, when you switch roles, when now I'm in my civilian clothes and I'm, and I'm sort of outside of that indoor cycling head that, uh, you know, I think I, I'll go jump into my, into my phone booth, change into my outfit and uh, be ready to go. You know, basically, you know, establishing that kind of level of respect is really important for, my, for the participants in the class, particularly for new people. You, you want to make it an inviting environment for everybody to come in there. There are going to be people in there with, who are very nervous. It's their first time perhaps even entering a health club. And maybe they even heard that your class is really, really difficult. And, but yet they decided to take the challenge on themselves. So you really have to make an effort to make them comfortable. And at the same time, all the hammerheads to make them know, let them know that that this is going to be a class that everybody's going to work well together. But in order to do that, everybody's got to be with you and everybody's got to be together. So I do my usual greetings like, all right, folks, welcome. We're going to get started right now. My name is Kenji Friedman. I wanted to welcome you all to the class. Today we'll be doing a ride. It's going to last around 50 minutes. Today we're going to be covering something called muscular endurance. And I just wanted everybody to just be comfortable, relax your shoulders. Let's start getting some nice breathing patterns going. So take nice, deep, relaxing breaths and big exhalations. I hear some conversations going on in the class right now. If you don't mind, please allow the person next to you the same respect that you probably would like for yourself. And it, just keep your conversations to a minimum if you want. You're more than welcome to go outside and finish the conversations and come back later on. But let's all establish that we'd like to have that level of respect in this class for one another, the same perhaps that we'd like given to ourselves. Now, today's class, if you're going to put it on a difficulty scale, from a scale of 1 to 10, today's class is probably close to an 8.5 or 9. So it's a hard class. But if you're brand new to this kind of thing, if you're new to the club, well, first of all, welcome. And second of all, don't be intimidated by that number. The class is designed for all different levels. I will probably teach to the harder level. But if I'm telling somebody to go at like 85, 90% or go into zone 5A or, or zone 4, which are really hard, hard efforts, I want you to just back off that resistance a little bit, get to a place where you feel like you're working a little bit, but staying comfortable. Your breathing is somewhat labored, but you're able to sustain it. You got a little bit of a sweat going and just stay with that. So if, if I'm telling again, 85, 90%, maybe you're at 65, 70%. So you should tailor it to that. You won't be doing the same kind of work as them, but you're going to get an opportunity to do what's called aerobic base building. And if you are new to this class, that's what you definitely should be doing right now. Do a few weeks of aerobic base building, and a few weeks after that, you'll be able to jump right in with the rest of the guys and just hang with everybody else and do the class as, as guided. But when we get up, we get up. When we get down, we all get down. No matter what your level of resistance is, don't worry about it. Just follow along with the class, make it your goal to finish the class, and feel really good about your accomplishments. So with that being said, let's get started. It'll go something along those lines. 
I've been teaching for a long time, taking classes for a double long time, and it's very common where I don't see instructors really give any instruction on the front. It's yeah, other bad. than let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's that's a lazy instructor, though. You know, and and I, I do, and I'm sure, and and people who are on ICI Pro, I'm going to assume, are people who really want to improve themselves. That's why they're sitting at home listening to a podcast when you know they could be doing other stuff they're trying to improve themselves as professionals and and I, I consider myself a good professional and i believe in improving people's lives through fitness and if you're going to just you know be a hack and just go in there and pick up a paycheck you know you're you know you're you're being responsible for somebody's health and fitness so you need to be aware of that give give people as much as they possibly can it's good for the club it's good for you i'm also a personal trainer my revenue depends on on these kinds of things as well so when other instructors are not giving people that kind of an experience, it looks bad for the club. It, it demotivates people. It makes them want, not want to put more into their fitness. And as a personal trainer, it actually takes away from us as well. And I don't like that. <laughs> well, I can imagine. Do you derive, I, I wanted to say derive income, but do you create relationships in your indoor cycling classes that transfer into your personal training world? On a whole, I have I have a pretty large client base, and a lot of them came from my indoor cycling experience. Now, specifically, I used to run the I still do run these very large indoor cycling fundraisers, and I, I typically raise close to between eighty and a hundred thousand dollars a year with indoor cycling wow. fundraisers. Wow, we're gonna have to talk about that on in detail on another podcast. Oh yeah, it's pretty intense. I have we have whole. I, it's it's for the Family Reach Foundation. We could talk about that another time. It's a great organization, but people get really really inspired. I believe in inspiring people for fitness. Fitness is important to me. Getting people healthier is really important to me. With helping people achieve these goals, it's a three hour class, and well, yeah, I I imagine that anybody who's listening to this podcast can probably do a three hour class. They're probably thinking it. Not necessarily physically, but mentally, it it might bore them out of their skull. But people get really inspired from it, and they want to do more. They want to achieve more with their fitness, and they feel really good about it. So they go into personal training. That's the next. That's the next logical step for them. So yeah, I derive a tremendous amount of income out of uh, my indoor cycling classes. Not just the three-hour ones, but the smaller ones, the the regular ones. Let's call it the forty-five to one-hour classes. People will come in. They feel really good about that they've been coming to my class, or and they want it. They want more. And they, they trust me because I've set up an environment in the class where they can have success, where they know that I'm not going to be the guy that's going to hammer them into the ground, either in the class or on the training floor. And we establish a really good relationship. I'm the guy that they're looking to to help them feel really good about who they are, which is great. How do you deal with the disparity in either experience levels or levels of fitness within your class? So you're saying with mixing beginners and, and experts and racers and all that stuff? Correct, because that's yeah. a common thing just about all of us. You know, we oh, have the new it? person and we have the, the guy that you know who's the big dog in the local cycling club. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you say because, you know, I, because I am a USA cycling coach, I do tend to get a lot of road racers come in there. For, and we even have some elite pros that come to my classes. And they really like it. And I do a lot of small group trainings. And a lot of those people who do my small group trainings, that's a that's a pay per class uh, kind of thing, will come into my regular classes where it's part of their membership. And they'll be sitting next to somebody who has never, ever ridden a bicycle outside before and never taken an indoor cycling class before, who might be in their 70s, 80s or older. So that is a big disparity. But 
when you're on an indoor cycling bike, it's all about adding resistance, right? So the guy who's a local hammer is going to push really, really hard, perhaps as the class was designed for. And the person who's brand new, as I said at the beginning during my introduction, and again, you set all this up during the introduction, is going to back it off, go at a nice moderate pace, something that they feel comfortable. So while one guy is working on perhaps muscular endurance, really hard, hard stuff, the other person is going to be working aerobic base building. And they could do it the same way. So just different levels of intensity. That's the perceived exertion scale to, in a nutshell right there, isn't it? Throughout the class, what, what are you communicating then that divides one to the other? Well, uh, essentially, uh, well, I set it up again at the beginning, and I will make some reminders throughout the class. I, I teach the class as it's designed for. So if I, if I have a class that's designed for just a sub-threshold workout, that's a pretty hard class. So I will speak to that level, and occasionally I will throw out. And again, I remind you that if you're new to this kind of thing, just back off the resistance a little bit, keep those legs moving, watch your pedal stroke, keep your shoulders nice and relaxed, make sure your breathing pattern is comfortable, but you feel a little bit of sweat coming on, that you're working just a little bit, and stay, well, essentially stay comfortable. Or what do you say to the person that's in the middle? In the middle. In the middle, again, it's all about perceived exertion. All right. There's no particular setting that says go hard. You know, we used to go, you know, I guess in spin, they used to teach you, you know, on a scale of one to 10. Was that what they, what they used to tell? So Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I go on percentages and sometimes I'll use lactate thresholds and numbers like that. It depends on the variance in the class, but their perceived exertion, somebody who's been doing this for a while will be able to go the same on perceived exertion. One person's going to put more power out than the other person, but they both feel like they're going hard. So at the end of the day, I mean, Kaiser Bikes will actually give you a, a, a power readout that tells you that this guy's going a lot harder. But, you know, one person who's putting out 300 watts, a big guy, strong road rider who's putting out 300 watts, would be feeling the same level of perceived exertion as somebody who's more of a moderate, sort of, let's call him an indoor cyclist, who's putting out 150 to 180 watts. They might see, feel perceived from a perceived, perceived exertion scale, they probably feel like they're going about the same. And in fact, they are. What kind of preparation do you do before your class? For my, my, my own preparation as before I walk into, the, before I start the class? At, at any level. Tell me, oh. what, what do you do before, okay, well, the, let's, like let's stay house, when or? you're on the ground. You're at the club. What preparation are you doing, or what are the steps that you're going through from when you get out of your car to your class starts? Well, as soon as I close the door of my car, I'm already in club mode um, because people see you in the parking lot. People watch your every move. All right. I'm a fitness professional. I'm, I'm a master trainer at my club. Um, and I walk right in there. I'm immediately establishing myself as a fitness professional. All right. It's, it's the way I dress. It's the way I walk. It's the way I talk. It's the way I say hello to people. It's the way I smile, car- carry myself into that class. I'm never late. I always make sure that I'm there 15 minutes before the class starts to welcome any new people coming into the class. I greet everybody at the door. I'll walk up to people and say, can I give you a hand with your settings, et cetera. If I see people who have settings that I think are kind of funky, I would make some kind of suggestions to them if they want. And so you're, when I, so you're asking permission. You're not oh, just saying, hey, hey, let me change you. I'll, oh, well, first I'll go up to them. I'll introduce myself. Hey, I'm Kenji. Welcome to the class. I haven't met you before. Hey, can I, can I talk to you a little bit about your settings? How, do you feel comfortable riding like this? Then if they say yes, or I, or I might ask if they say no, uh, let me make a couple of suggestions to her or say, can I make some suggestions to you? And things along those lines. But I always make sure, of course, before anything, that do you have any injuries that, we're, we're, that we need to be you know, looking out for at the same time. So 
because they might have leg disparities that are causing them to ride, something, something like that, or perhaps a, you know, a ruptured disc in their neck, things like that. So mm-hmm. you have to be careful with that. For the moment I walk in that club, I'm on, and it's fitness professional, and, and that's what I'm there for, and I'm there to serve and to help. You must be the, just the model employee. <laughs> uh, we, ha- we have a really good core group of people at, at our club, I got to say. So we, we, from the top down, we, we work pretty good. Who so, do you teach for? Uh, right now, I'm a master trainer at the Boston Sports Club. And, uh, and I have my own business outside of there where I, I manage a couple of, diff- couple of trainers as well. And they're all responsible for acting in that same way when they show up. If we train high net worth clients in their homes. When you're dealing with that crowd, you better be on it. So, because that's the crowd that will not take any kind of nonsense and they'll notice it immediately. Right. And they won't take you to Puerto Rico either. That's correct. Uh, but at the same time, just because it's not a high net worth group uh, does not mean that they need to get treated any less than that. But that's the kind of attitude you should take to everybody. Exactly. Well, and I think most of us have been surprised at one point in our, in our teaching careers at exactly who is in your class. You know, you, you see someone think, oh, whoever this is. I know I teach my Monday morning class at a very exclusive club, and I know every single person in there is somebody who you could very easily read in the, about in the newspaper mm. that day. I'd and, like their phone numbers, please. Yeah, <laughs> you got to drive out here to the <laughs> land of the ice and snow. All right, so tell me about the, the beginning of your class. After your introduction, then what are you doing? Uh, then I go into – I give them – I give them – sort of a synopsis of what our class is going to look like or what it's going to feel like. And then we start going. So let's, I, I talk about warm up. I think warm up and cool down are two extremely essential components of indoor cycling, often overlooked, often underestimated, uh, and oftentimes because people don't know why they're doing it. And warm up is, and I explained to the class, is that warm up, we need to raise the body's core temperature as the body's core temperature comes up. You will begin to release the heat from your body through perspiration. And then you know that your body's starting to get ready. It's going to reduce the risk of injury. It's going to make you have a better ride. You'll ride more efficiently. Then I take them through their warm-up. And it usually consists of some 30-second accelerations, not sprints, you know, not out of the saddle. Just raise the resistance a little bit, accelerate your feet a little bit in a, in a controlled way. Oh, yes, and prior to that, I talk about pedal stroke. Pedal stroke. I'm I'm obsessed with pedal stroke. Uh, as a coach, as a USA cycling coach, I uh, pedal stroke is so important because we'll ride outside five, six hours. Some of my racers will have to go through that outside in races. If your pedal stroke's not dialed in, you're dead. You'll never be a successful rider outside. So I talk a lot about um, more of a, a pulling up motion and a shuffling motion as opposed to just pushing down on those pedals. And people from the time their kids are used to pushing up and down on those pedals like a piston. So you can engage the quadriceps. But if you pull up just slightly at the 10 o'clock position and shuffle your foot forward and look more in that, if you think about an elliptical machine, moving mm-hmm. your feet like that across your pedals where you'll engage your glutes, your hamstrings, and your hip flexors, you'll find that it's a lot more of an efficient motion, it's particularly when you're pedaling over 80 RPM. And when you start doing those hill climbing stuff where you really need a little bit more quadricep, you, those quads will be a lot fresher and you'll be able to put more power out and again, you'll have a more comfortable ride, and you're not going to blow those quads out with stuff that it's not needed for. Quadriceps are a big muscle, but they're overused at the same time. And, and that I would agree with. That I, I always talk about the freeloading muscle in the back of your legs. For oh, yeah, man. A, <laughs> the freeload. I love that. The freeloader muscle. Oh, yes, yes. If you're not feeling it participating, 
It's just freeloading. Yeah, and, and the way you convince your class to, to say that, it's, it's an easy model. The more body parts that you're using or <clears throat> the more bo- lo- that lower body that you're going to use, the more efficiently you're going to work, the more calories you're going to burn, et cetera, et cetera, the fitter you're going to get and the faster you're going to get there. And that's what they want. They want to get fit and they want to get fit fast. This has been fun, and we're going to do more of these in the future. I'm I'm very excited to have you as a member of, or a new member of our ICI Pro team, and and you and I have discussed you creating or reducing, I should say, some of your classes to audio profiles for our members, and we have that to look forward to. Anything you want to leave with? First of all, it's a pleasure to be part of the ICI community. I'm really excited about establishing this relationship with everybody. I'd love to hear some feedback from people along the way. So if you want to, if you want to Facebook friend me, you go ahead. My name's Kenji Friedman. I'd love to be your friend on Facebook. You can also check me out uh, at uh, familyreach.org if you're interested in doing some charity events at your club. Uh, I do believe that our fitness, our our role as a fitness professional, does not stop with the client. It extends out into the community. We have these abilities to help not just our clients, but to actually make the world a better place. Maybe that sounds very idealistic, but to use fitness to help people and to help the community that needs that help. Uh, I work with a lot of families dealing with pediatric cancer, uh, specifically helping them pay their bills, keeping the lights on their house. Uh, It's a really important cause to me. And I'm able to use my fitness to help these people. And that's what so many different charity rides are all about. And we've all been involved with them, or many of us have been. But if you haven't, and you'd like to get get involved with that, I would love to help you establish that. And you will be the go-to person in your club as a result of that. I promise you that. Yes. And, and I'm making notes here furiously that you and I are going to have to have another conversation where we talk about, you know, the, the process of doing that. You better believe it, brother. Taking that role on and, uh, and, and finding a, a way to contribute. All right. Well, Kenji Friedman, Yes, sir. Thank you. I've enjoyed having you today. This actually went pretty long. I'm I'm guessing I might be splitting this into two, but that's okay. I think it Feel was free. it was it was good. So again, thank you for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure being here, John. I thank you so much for the opportunity. 